You are listening to Oaks People Podcast, a weekly podcast by Oaks Church, Brooklyn. Through a series of informal, story-based conversations, we share some of the challenges, the joys, and the ordinary moments of a community following Jesus in the heart of the city. Enjoy, and thank you for tuning in. Welcome, Oaks family. This is another edition of our Oaks People podcast, and one I am really excited about. We have Josh and Jess Staten, and I know that name may sound familiar, and we'll talk about why in a little in a second here. But uh, as we have just wrapped, by the time you're listening to this, our series on resilient hearts, how to live and love in a port city. Uh, I thought we could really benefit from hearing from two people who have made this city home uh, through numerous life changes, through lots of transitions, and then also two people who could really give us some wisdom as we are currently in a church post-transition with uh, the last Sunday of uh, Tyler Staten um, behind us. People who could just give us some wisdom on what they've seen and what they've experienced uh, other churches and the churches they've been a part of go through uh, things like this um, and how we can thrive and really come out on the other side a healthier and stronger church. So, Josh, Jess, welcome. How are you guys doing? Thank you. you. Great to be here. Uh, so, yes, the name. We know it's familiar. Uh, for those who don't know, Josh, why don't you explain the connection, you and Tyler? <laughs> uh, Tyler is my younger brother. Um, we're about a year and a half apart. And um, and so Tyler is Jess's sister-in-law. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Tyler's her brother-in-law, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I like that. Carlos, please leave that in there. Uh <laughs> And more than that, you guys just don't share a name, but you also share, it's always an occupation because you yourself are also in ministry, Josh, uh, at Trinity Day Church Park Slope. Uh, and then Jess, you do a lot of things. Why don't you tell us a little about that? I am a mother of many children. Yes. And I'm also a registered nurse. And yes. I also am a occasional birth worker. I like to help bring babies into the world. Amazing. Yeah, and as a registered nurse, I know you get uh, a lot of texts, namely from me and other people, with all sorts of pictures and questions about, is this normal? <laughs> yes, and I <laughs> Which... love it. I really love it. <laughs> Keep them coming. Let's get you the salt of the earth. Um, <laughs> well, guys, I would love to just start this with you giving kind of a little bit of the facts of who you are, how long you've been in the city. Um, Jess, you mentioned you guys have uh, one or two kids, uh, but just, yeah, give us the back of the baseball card um, about who you are. Yeah, so um, I moved to New York in 2005, and Jess moved a year later in 2006. We um, 
were dating the first couple of years we were in the city. Um, we got married in 2008, and um, we've since had four kids. We lived in Manhattan for eight or nine years, and we've been in Brooklyn now for the last seven. And um, we've been a part of you know a lot of different communities throughout that time. Um, they've all been a part of this um, you know, family of, of churches, uh, called Trinity Grace, but we, uh, were involved with, with starting several of those congregations first in the city. And then, uh, after we moved to Brooklyn, we got involved, um, with TGC Park Slope. And, uh, about three or four years ago, um, became even more involved with this local congregation through, uh, sort of the wider transition that TGC went through. Mm, yeah. All right. So we have been talking, like I said, this about this series, Resilient Hearts, which has, up to this point, we actually, by the time everyone's listening to this, we'll have just finished the last requisite heart needed to live in the city. So up until now, going through those different hearts has been having settled hearts, <clears throat> meaning having hearts that are, are built on the foundation of Jesus and the gospel, having sourced hearts, hearts that continually go back to the Father in times of silence and solitude for renewal, uh, having surrendered hearts uh, that are open to whatever the Holy Spirit leads and wants to do in and through us, having grieving hearts. You know, this city is all about loving and leaving and all those things, as we said the first week, the most New York thing one can do is leave New York. So we have to be able to grieve well. Uh, Gemma, two weeks ago, uh, gave us an incredible message on having gracious hearts, um, hearts that, that seek to heal and to honor and to make space and receive each other. And then this past Sunday, we finished a series about having gleaned hearts. And this is based off the gleaning of the fields of Leviticus. And to have hearts that leave uh, intentional room and space for those who need it, for those um, who are the poor or the stranger or the other or who's just trying to make their way um, in, this, in this tough place. And so uh, just kind of off the top of your head, I wonder, the first question I would have for you is like, what would you say you like has been your experience with resiliency um, and being in this city? Maybe your own resiliency or resiliency you've uh, witnessed in others. I think uh, Josh and I were talking before we sat down, and I think one thing to just acknowledge in this conversation is that people leaving and transitions happening is painful. And mm-hmm. I think it took someone else telling me I was trying to sort of explain away something and just making it not a big deal. And she said, no, it's painful. And um, I think a big, a big part of being resilient is being emotionally healthy, um, knowing yourself, having done deep and personal work, um, understanding your personality, uh, your tendencies, um, yeah, like reading emotionally healthy spirituality, finding a counselor, you know, <clears throat> things that help you function uh, as a yeah. person, you know, that 
those are some great tools to be able to, you know, have your, your world sort of tilted on its axis as it were. And you be able to not be like, Oh, you know, I just, everything's exploding. And, um, yeah, to be able to grieve, you know, I loved hearing that recap of the hearts, um, you know, sort of move through those things and, uh, had the privilege of being part of the spiritual formation course and one of the things we talked about is just knowing who you are and being grounded in yourself and not being blown this way and that and yeah. it's not to not acknowledge the difficulty and the pain of the situation but to be able to kind of come back from it and I think we would both you know, we've said so many times would never have wanted things to go the way they did but we're so much better for it. Like our marriage was really strong and um, yeah, we just had beautiful relationships around us walking us through that. And there's always, the Lord is always doing work. And so even when you're in the middle of it, try to be able to say to, to God, also help me see the beauty here with not just the hard stuff. Let me live that, but, what else is good and beautiful that, um, you know, could come out of this, burn away what's to be burned and show me what's left. Yeah, I think, um, you know, New York is definitely a place that um, requires resiliency and not just in the form of, um, you know, being able to... uh, perpetually, you know, say goodbye to people who are, who are moving on from the city. Um, but just, you know, chances are whatever you're here to do, um, you're going to find some difficulty along the way. And, um, so I think one of the things that's important is, um, uh, to sort of stay connected to your why, you know, for, um, for being here, uh, in this time. And, um, you know, I think sometimes when our circumstances change, we go through hardship, uh, it's easy to lose sight of that. But, um, but I think there have been, you know, a few of those sort of gut check times for us, uh, where we've had to, you know, sort of remind ourselves like, um, here's the, the sense of call we have to, you know, to this place. Um, here's the, you know, sort of the work that we're doing here that um, we believe, you know, God has um, given us to do and, um, and to sort of, um, yeah, just recenter on that, you know, uh, has been really important at different times. Um, and I think, yeah, when it comes specifically to, um, you know, to transition and relationships, like Jess said, I think that's something that um, is always hard. You know, I think uh, some people talk about sort of hardening, you know, to it over time or whatever. Um, that's never really been my experience. You know, like I, um, uh, I love people. And so like, it's, I can't help but like give myself to relationships, you know, to friendships. Um, The the nicest person in the world. Uh. And so, you know, um, I think, 
it never stops being difficult, right? Like to say goodbye to people who are no longer going to be living in, uh, in New York. But um, I think that, you know, Jess was just sharing with me um, before we got on here um, uh, a little bit from a, a Tim Keller talk that um, he is just sort of acknowledging that dynamic, right? And um, talking about how important it is to sort of um, keep like rebuilding, you know, friendships and relationships, um, knowing that every few years, like you're going to experience some, some turnover in terms of, um, your friends who are actually here, um, in the city. And, um, and that's been our experience, you know, like we've, um, uh, found that we have to sort of keep doing that. We have to keep investing in, in relationships. Um, and God's, God's blessed us, you know, with so many rich friendships over the years um, through that process. You know, we have um, a lot of relationships that continue to be really meaningful and important for us with people that are no longer in New York. And then um, we continue to experience the joy of building new, deepening relationships with people here. And so I think um, it can be difficult to sort of accepts that, you know, that reality of the city. But um, I think ultimately um, being able to make peace with it is an important part of, of being able to, um, to thrive here, you know, over time. Yeah. Now, you said, if I've done the math correctly, you guys are coming up on 17 years in the city. That's, I mean, you're pretty much New York seniors almost college freshman. Did you, I guess it's a two-parter. When you moved here, did you know you would be here 17 years later? And if not, you mentioned this idea of the why. What's what's your why for being here now, all these years later? You know, I was 19 when I moved here. And so I probably was, um, (laughs) I probably had, uh, more confidence about, you know, what was going to happen down the road than I should have. Right. But I think, um, I think there was, I think we did believe, you know, early on that, um, that this is somewhere that God was, you know, calling us to be, uh, for an extended period of time. I don't know if we could have said whether it would be, you know, this many years or not, but, but yeah, I think we always had the mentality that, um, you know, this is somewhere that we, you know, we want to help really build something, you know, build community over time and want to be a part of what God's doing in in the city. Um, We loved New York, you know, like I think um, you go through the sort of initial honeymoon phase and then like you start getting, you know, beaten up by the city in various ways. But I think we I think we never lost our love for this place and this people. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way um, our lives have looked have changed a lot over the years. You know, like the um, the life in New York that we experienced in our 20s, you know, like um, first as like 
single people and then eventually as, as a young married couple in the city um, is a lot different in many ways than the life that we are living now with, you know, four kids. And um, so it's, you know, it's looked different over time. But I think to your question of, of what's our why, um, you know, we, um, we feel called to, you know, to serve as leaders in this, in this church that we're in and TGC Park Slope. And, um, we love the people that we get to do that alongside. And, um, and yeah, I think there's, um, I think there's just a settledness, you know, that comes from, um, a conviction that this is like, this is where God, you know, has rooted us. Um, uh, and, you know, these are the people that he's given us to sort of, you know, uh, uh, be resilient together with, you know, I think that's another important, important theme is like, resiliency is really hard on your own. Um, but I think, um, you know, for the various challenges that, that we've faced personally and that, that our community has faced over the last three or four years, um, I think there is, um, just a sense of like, um, being called and being given the opportunity to walk through that together and to support one another through those various, um, various challenges. Yeah. Jess, you kind of touched on this a little bit when you talked about like some like the grieving heart was resonating with you, but when you think about some of those, uh, kind of requisite characteristics of a resilient heart we've been going through, um, is there one or two that kind of like, you're like, yes, that's mandatory or has been like particularly um, a part of your journey? When you think about like having a settled heart, a source heart, a surrendered heart, a grieving heart and a gracious or gleaned heart. Honestly, as you were naming each of them, I could almost just kind of that ink blot thing was going through my mind. Like I was trying to think of immediately a time or, you know, something that sort of matched. And it yeah. it's so good that you guys are hitting all of those because I think they're all really important. And I, I guess I would say early in our time in New York, you come in guns blazing and you really have no idea what it's going to be like. And I think something that we did well at first was we got really sort of worn out really fast and we were like okay we have to figure out how what are the pathways that we're connecting with God and so we I feel like we spent a good bit of time just like what do we need to to be fueled up to be stay living here like is it that we need to figure out how to get a car and connect with nature or like to go visit your family more often or you know what is the thing and so I think going along with the sourced heart um yeah, I loved that. I feel like that's so important. Um, and then another thing that you said, you know, the grieving, I can remember at the, at some point in our transition with TGC, the, the bigger transition, I remember mm-hmm. t- texting Chanel Tokun, K 
can you can you give me some ad- advice for books on grief? And I, mm. it took me some time to be able to assign that word to what I was feeling. But um, finally I was able to, to say, yeah, that's, that's what I feel. I, I was forgetting things and I just, I just kind of felt aimless and wandering. Like I had lost my center. And she said, yeah, you're grieving. Something really sad has happened, you know, or thinking about other times saying goodbye to particular people, um, giving yourself the space to feel all those feelings, to say them out loud to someone, whether it's a spouse or a friend or a parent, like just to, to have a safe space to say anything and feel like it's, you know, it's not set in stone. It's just what you're feeling in that moment. Yeah. And it's not forever. I, I can remember many times in the last five or six years just saying, I'm so angry and I'm okay with that, but I'm not, I don't want to live here. I just, I want to be here for a while and really get it out. And then I want to move on. And I, I think that grief is that way. And I think it's important to move through all your feelings and, um, you know, not damage everyone in your wake along the way, but let yourself feel. And, you know, I think a comfort with that is that Jesus came as a man and he, Mm -hmm. I find a lot of comfort knowing that he probably felt a lot of those things too. And, um, it's part of our human lived experience. And I think I would just rewind for a second and go back to the why and say, I'm not energized by people. Um, I, after I've been at church, I feel like I need to go take a nap um, I love going to a party. I love going to church, but then I'm tired. Yeah. But I heard this quote from Tim Keller. I don't know how long ago. It's been before I moved to New York. And it's something like, if people are the glory of God, then cities are full of God's glory. And mm. I cannot, I cannot forget that. I cannot walk away from that. Um, I feel like before I moved here, everybody in my sphere even the woman that discipled me is incredibly godly and wonderful I think and my parents felt like it was something to get out of our system I feel like for a long time our parents would ask us you know so do you think you're gonna stay you know kind of like oh gosh yes checking out um I hear it one more time (laughs) and it's just like I don't know if something I'm doing is indicating to you that I'm you know gonna leave I know it is a hard place to live but I think that's a testament to um an American idol of comfort and New York Mm. isn't necessarily comfortable unless you're very rich or you know have like a certain amount of privilege and I just I think almost that by remaining we choose to go against that and just and we have so we have more than we need but you know by an American standard or by the standard of our parents life could be so much easier it could be so much more comfortable um but I just think who who would be here? Who would, you know, um, who, who would get to be a part of this beautiful, messy thing with all these Imago days walking around? Um, yeah. As much as people aren't my, my main thing, like Josh, I just can't get away. I can't pull away from that. So it's... So good. 
Yeah, so true. We always tell our parents, like, you know they're not keeping us hostage. Like, we're, <laughs> <laughs> like we could leave, and if we wanted to, we would have. <laughs> this I is a choice. I feel like, honestly, signing mortgage papers was helpful because they oh, were a bit yeah. like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yikes. and your stuff. <laughs> uh, Josh, what about you? Any of those hearts, like, particularly resonate with you and those characteristics? Yeah, I think um, I'm not sure I I caught everywhere you guys went with it, but um, but the gracious heart I think um, uh, is important. I think that you know we have so many times in our lives where we we sort of have a choice whether to. Um, uh, you know, to hang on to um, negative emotions, basically, or whether to choose gratitude. And um, I want to be clear, I think what what Jess said earlier is so important about um, emotional honesty. And, you know, that that was something that was really important for us, you know, through a couple of the most difficult transitions we've gone through is just to give space, you know, to really process um, all that we're feeling um, and to name it. Um, But I think, you know, um, yeah, just in every circumstance we've gone through, um, there are hard things that you can sort of, um, you know, just continue to dwell on, you know, uh, indefinitely and, and um, kind of have a pity party about, or, um, you can choose to, uh, look on those same things. (laughs) Uh, you can choose to look on those same things with gratitude, you know, like, um, I'll make it really personal, like Tyler and Kirsten. I was going to say, I'll make it really personal. I know our, I know our, you know, their departure is being grieved by, um, by so many in the Oaks community. Um, I doubt there's anybody that it means more to than us. You know, we, um, we love them dearly. They're, you know, they're closer to us than, you know, probably anybody in the world. And, um, we have, you know, had all of our kids have grown up together, you know, um, up to this point. And so, um, it's really, really sad, you know, to see them go and, um, and, you know, um, that's, that's just a reality. But, um, the other side of that is, you know, we've had the kind of rare privilege of, uh, living in the same place over the last 11 years. And, um, and we've gotten to share so much life together. Like we've experienced, um, a bunch of, um, really meaningful milestones, you know, alongside one another. We've, um, gotten to, um, you know, to serve together and, um, and, you know, the church in New York, we've gotten to sort of, um, yeah, just see God do a bunch of amazing stuff, you know, um, alongside one another. And, uh, and that's an incredible gift. And so, uh, I think, uh, as much as we can just choosing to like, you know, live in gratitude and, um, and to trust that, um, 
just in the way that God has blessed us with relationships or with chapters um, that have been so good that it's hard to sort of, you know, turn a page on them. We can trust that he has good plans for uh, the chapters that are, you know, still unknown to us. Yeah. Uh, That's good. And I want to ask one more question before we get into the transition stuff, because uh, just when you were talking about our feelings and uh, a emo- healthy uh, expressing of our emotions reminded me of something I've been like catechizing James with right now, our, our two-year-old. And it's like, but it's okay to feel your feelings, but your feelings belong to you. You don't belong to your feelings. Uh, he doesn't really speak English right now, uh, so, but I'm hoping that when he does, it'll make more sense. Uh, <laughs> but with four kids that you're raising as New Yorkers, uh, who, you know, as you were just talking about, they just lost their cousins and, and friends and stuff. How have you, like, how have you guys built up in them resilient hearts uh, to be New Yorkers? Is there any, any things you've learned from being parents in this city? I mean, I think going along with what Josh said, we had a meal. Oh, man, I'm so, so sad. <laughs> We had a meal with, with Tyler and Kirsten and just talking about, for a time, we all lived in the East Village and I hated it there. We'd moved over there from the West Side. I was in nursing school. Uh, we had our baby. Tyler and Kirsten had this really annoying dog. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we lived in the East Village and it was like there was amazing food and there was so much going on and they were doing this really exciting stuff with youth group and we were just kind of talking about that and I just was like, man, I can't believe we got to do that. I can't, I can't believe in God's kindness that we got to do that like together. And, you know, just looking at the people around you who are your friends, you're like, I have all these incredible friends who just either are from here and are so amazing or, you know, again, like in God's providence brought them to this place for their lives to intersect with mine and if that was so good, you know, what else lay ahead? And so I think, especially with our older kids, sort of reminding them of that, you know, framing the gratitude piece, like, don't just think about what you're losing. Think about what you had and how amazing that was. And I mean, I, I would also say, you know, nothing can, for me at least, can really make you fall back in love with a bad boyfriend like New York like a nighttime drive looking at the skyline you know a a bridge or two and you're just like yeah. man it rolled on the windows and i don't know i think maybe that's overly romantic but i think constantly reminding our kids you know i i find myself telling telling them like i didn't ever come to new york until i was in high school and this place is the center of the world. There's so much going on and people will come and go, but yeah, to choose, to choose a posture of thankfulness, um, rather than only the lens of loss, because the reality is no matter where we lived, friends would move away and, you know, we would, we would experience that to some degree, they don't really know that it's more or less here. You know, yeah. it's, um, there's so many amazing things about being here that I think we do try to, I mean, we can see the Statue of Liberty from our living room window. I'm like, 
Guys, how amazing is that? You know, it's particular to the slope, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think um, you know, for people who didn't grow up in New York, um, uh, I think it's easy to sort of, you know, compare your kid's childhood to your own yes, and to think about, sure. um, you know, experiences that, that you had as a child or like a idealized, you know, version of them, yeah. uh, thinking back and, uh, to think, um, uh, oh, you know, is that something that, you know, my child who's growing up here is getting deprived of or something, but there's such a powerful other side to that. You know, there's, um, so many things that make the city an incredible place to grow up. And, um, I think, the older our kids get, I think the more they sort of start to recognize and appreciate that. And, um, and then I think, you know, just that, that same skill that, you know, um, or practice that we talked about of like, you know, just continuing to develop, you know, new relationships. Um, I think, obviously that's something that's important for our kids as well. And, um, it's something that, um, I think they embrace, you know, um, even more, um, readily than we do sometimes, you know? So I think just trusting that, um, that God will continue to provide, you know, deep friendships for them too, even when they, um, experience some transition. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's talk about transition. Uh, you guys have been a part of a few different communities. Uh, you've navigated some transitions. You've tangentially been around some churches that have, like ours, gone through uh, the moving on and the coming in of a new lead pastor. And obviously this transition that we're going through is, as you've mentioned, personally impactful to you. I just wonder what wisdoms uh, would you impart for a church like ours in a season like this from what you've seen or what you've gone through yourself? Um, how have you seen it done well transitioning from one leader to the next, uh, being in the season of like what's going to happen? Um, how have you seen it gone poorly? Uh, yeah, any, any thoughts on churches in transition? I mean, maybe just a first uh thought is that <clears throat> obviously um god's not surprised you know when um when transitions occur you know um he's always at work in the midst of you know what we experience as disruption and um i know that sounds really basic but i think that's an important starting place you know to recognize that you know it's it's Jesus church he's the one that builds it um and that it's never about one leader um and in that in that sense you know a transition is a beautiful opportunity to see you know uh, a new thing that God is going to do and i think we've seen uh some church transitions that have just really beautifully resulted in more people uh, sort of taking ownership of the life and, and mission of the church and, you know, stepping into leadership in new ways. I think it can be a time for um, 
for members of a community to feel just really empowered, you know, to find new ways to um, to serve and and uh, contribute in the life of a community in the midst of a transition. So I think that the first thing I'd say is there are a lot of really beautiful opportunities, uh, even in the midst of a transition that may um, have been unexpected. I think sometimes, or I think transitions I've seen that, you know, either from up close or afar is when leaders, again, are emotionally healthy and they have accountability in their life. Either they have a mentor, therapist, you know, or, or all of, you know, just people around them where it's not just them making all the choices and, and, you know, not having other voices checking in um, makes such a difference, I think, when you're going through something really big like that. You, you can see a leader who's just a person. You, they can maybe get focused on this track that they want to go down or this thing that they want to do. And um, if they're not able to listen to perspectives of other people around other leaders um, and let that inform sort of the next thing, then that's a, that's a red flag. And so I think some of the healthier transitions are just when people are emotionally healthy, are emotionally mature. And I also think just allowing space for the Holy Spirit to inform and um yeah just you can make your own plans and then it's just really important to be really open-handed with them and not a plug for them but I think Tyler and Kirsten have done a great job with that this time I really respect uh some of the things they put in place where it didn't feel like this is just me, this is all my choices, um, but having people around them, yeah, to pray in, to press in, to ask hard questions, to play the devil's advocate, to you know, move through all of that with them, in, again, in community and not just solitarily. Yeah. What would you say for like, you know, I, I, it's kind of interesting because when things like this happen, we have especially during COVID, it's like, who knows who goes to our church? Uh, <laughs> but we have people that have been here for years. We have people that have been here for months. Uh, I met someone today who's been here for three weeks. Uh, her, literally, her first, her very first church service was Tyler's last service. <laughs> so it's like, welcome. Welcome uh, to our family. Yeah. <laughs> So what would you say for like people that are listening to this who, you know, maybe this is their first transition or maybe this is like, you know, they're somewhere along that spectrum. What wisdom would you give them as a congregant trying to navigate like a change and a church is not going to be what it was or I don't know what it's going to be yet? Um, is there anything you would like, you know, any words of advice for someone who's kind of maybe new to this and is like, okay, I don't know how to navigate this, or is old and, like, scared of, you know, what could come. Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, that reminds me of um, of one of the experiences we went through, you know, when TGC, which was uh, this larger church family that consisted of 
of at one time 11 congregations around the city um, transitioned to you know 11 uh, um, sort of independent churches and um, and it was so interesting because um, there were um, some people who had been around for a long time and uh, felt really deeply connected to the the broader family. Um, and so they felt that very deeply. And then there were other people who, um, you know, were pretty new and their only experience had been sort of with one local congregation. And so to them, it didn't really feel like a big change at all. And uh, obviously people all in between. But I think um, it's just helpful to to be aware of that reality, right, that in this transition that that your community is going through, that there are going to be some people um, who are feeling this really deeply, you know, um, yeah. and uh, then there are going to be other people that, um, you know, are um, actually more sort of just energized and, and, you know, interested to see what's next, ready to go. And, um, and so I think, um, it's important for people to be aware that not everybody is having, is experiencing this the same way you are. Um, and to, you know, to sort of, um, validate that, you know, to sort of be, be conscious of people that are, you know, that are relating to it differently. Um, I think for people who are, you know, maybe experiencing it, you know, as, um, as a really significant, you know, transition in their lives personally, I think to be able to have people that you can process that with who, you know, you feel sort of understand, um, but at the same time, not to sort of, you know, put yourself entirely in this, um, bubble of like, you know, people that just want to feel nostalgic about, you know, uh, yeah, the, the good old days or whatever. Um, because you run the risk of missing the new thing that God is, is up to, you know? And so, um, I think the more you can sort of just, just mix in those, you know, those worlds, um, I think shake the bottle, the more you can shake the (laughs) bottle, that's it. (laughs) The metaphor that lives on. You know, I think it's important to empower those, those like longtime people um, to recognize that they have an opportunity through this transition to be the culture carriers, you know, to be, you know, leaders and, and pillars in the community um, as, as you move through this. Um, but that also, you know, it's important for them to be again, open to what's God going to do next, you know, and not only what was, uh, not being too wed to that, um, but, um, sort of, uh, carrying, you know, the, the history, the, um, the vision and, and values of the church, which are going to continue. Um, but also doing it in a way that, that makes room for, for fresh expression. And I would say to add to that, which was all very good, um, for everyone in 
you know, the, the long timers, the old timers and the new people for everyone to just be really gracious because, you know, the older people are, you know, maybe grieving or, you know, it's, it's a loss that they're moving through. And then, um, you know, the new people are excited. So they need the older people to have the grace to just go, of course, they're not sad because they're not connected to this thing at the time that I was. And then for everybody to be gracious with the people who are leading them through that, because most likely it's a new experience. Um, and even if it's, if they've been through transition before, it's with a different group of people, just a different set of circumstances and, you know, not without accountability, but kind of giving the benefit of the doubt and just really showing, showing kindness and graciousness to the people who are shouldering a lot of quiet burdens to, you know, to shepherd this eclectic group of people through something that's in either aspect. It's difficult. It's a difficult situation that you find yourself in, whether you're excited about it, you're sad about it, you're somewhere in the middle. Um, the people moving everyone through that are having a hard time. So I think for everyone to show each other an extra measure of, of grace is just super helpful. We, we experienced that so beautifully um, from the, our family in Park Slope. I just, I was so astounded at times, just the kindness that we were shown in our best moments and in our worst. And yeah, it was really beautiful. I love it. Well, which guys, you were a part this of. Has been, <laughs> I I was there. I was I was uh I was there and yeah, it was a really um sweet time of voice that there's no clean way to do a messy thing. Uh it's <laughs> but, true. you know, uh but when you do a messy thing together, like, you know, it's not too much mess to clean up. Yeah. I, like I think that, that makes sense. Um, guys, Josh, Jess, I am so thankful for making time for us, for giving an impartation into our community. I know this is not the first and will definitely not be the last. Um, so thanks for, uh, yeah, just all your listeners today. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you.